Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're joined by online film writer Manish Mather to discuss one of Bollywood's most polarizing performers, Katrina Cave. First up, Imran Khan falls in love with Cave, despite the fact that she's engaged to his brother in Ali Abbas Safar's 2011 debut, Mere Brother Ki Dolhan. Then Aditya Roy Kapoor obsesses over red-headed Kaif in Abhishek Kapoor's 2016 Great Expectations adaptation, Fatur. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome back, lovers, and welcome to the show, Manish. We're so excited to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. We've been talking a lot about Katrina Cave on Twitter mm-hmm. and how much we love Katrina Cave. Yeah. And this uh, this has gone over interestingly. Goddamn national treasure, <laughs> Katrina Cave. Uh, and when we mentioned that we were planning on doing a show about her, you contacted us and said you'd love to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because I have been following Katrina Cave's career almost since she debuted back in 2005 and uh, I was kind of following her career trajectory and I really find her interesting as an actress uh, just to see her develop her niche and develop her skills as uh, as a performer as well as her place you know in the in in the industry mm-hmm. with you know Bollywood fans both here in in the U.S. or here in North America and back in India as well so I think she's a really interesting character um, mm-hmm. within the industry so I was Always happy to discuss her, especially with you know YouTube, because I think we all kind of enjoy her her performances mm-hmm. for the most part. We so. sure do. We do, yeah. When we started watching Bollywood, we were surprised to discover just kind of how polarizing she is. Yeah, because we liked her from the moment we first saw her. Yeah, in Doom Three. Doom Three. <laughs> Before <laughs> we get to that, though, I did want to quickly mention that India has officially selected Newton as. Uh, it's submission to the foreign language Oscar this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt and I had the opportunity to see Newton at the India Film Festival of Alberta earlier this year. We have an episode on it. Uh, the film stars Raj Kumar Rao as kind of like a... He's uh, a government functionary. Yeah, right? a, a yeah. by-the-books government employee who has to go out to a uh, Naxal-infested area and uh, run... Yeah. Well, he has to gather seven votes. <laughs> no, it's more than seven. There's like it's the, like 40. There's like a very few people in this uh, in this town who are registered to vote, and he's determined to get them yeah. to vote no matter what. He and has things to run go crazy. a polling station. Yeah. And so it's very much about uh, voter apathy, but also corruption. Uh, it's interesting... Um, we we generally liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting choice. Personally, I would have gone with Dangal, but yeah. I understand why they're choosing Newton. I am curious, how do you guys think a film with this topic will go over uh, with the political climate in the U.S. right now? Does this like make sense to choose something like this because of kind of what the U.S. has gone through? Maybe. I don't know. Manish, you're the expert on being, uh, a, a being, being, on being American. American. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I it's funny because like I don't I haven't heard of this movie before. Uh, I think I had um, seen kind of your your podcast uh, or listened to it, but you know prior to that and and in between then and now I kind of hadn't heard about this movie and um, heard much about it. Uh, I was kind of thinking they would choose something like Dungle mm-hmm. or Lipstick Under My Burka, which yeah. uh, I think just came out here in the U.S. few few weeks ago. 
Um, and uh, I think, you know, the topic of sort of voter, you know, voter apathy and registration and corruption in the government, I think that will be kind of resonant to uh, to American voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm afraid I don't know much about you know, uh, what the process is for um, the foreign language category as like who votes for those um, within the academy. Uh, I could see it doing kind of well. I mean, I think my issue with, you know, India submissions is that I think they try too hard to find films that will speak to an American audience mm-hmm. rather than something that really represents, you know, like the best of film from India. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think they're a little too afraid of going with something more mainstream mm-hmm. like Dungle, uh, just because I, I sometimes I wonder if Bollywood has a good reputation within India itself, especially within the film community. I mean, I don't have any evidence to back up that theory, but I think that... Um, well, we do get, we get, we get pushback sometimes when we say we enjoy things like... Um, like the Doom series and yeah. um, other like really popular films. Not that we're suggesting that India submits no. those. Well, films, no. But... Had they submitted Doom three, obviously they would have secured the Oscar. <laughs> but um, it, we we do get pushback sometimes. Like, why are you watching that junk? Like, you know, you should yeah. be watching something like uh, Titley or um, Anurag Kashyap films, like these super dour, serious things. Which, yeah, I guess, like, maybe they're picking those... Um, what did they pick last year? Um, it was a Tamil movie, wasn't it? Oh, last year? La- I think last year was Court. Yeah. If, if yeah. it wasn't... Yeah, and I've seen Court. Um, I didn't really get it. But they're, like, self-consciously <laughs> picking things, like, here's something super serious and arty. Like, that right. should win. But Lagan was the one that got the closest, and that's, like, yeah. as, as big of a, you know, four-quadrant... Everyone can enjoy this movie rousing blockbuster, right? Yeah, I mean, and if you think, think Dungal like, would be the obvious choice for that because it's yeah. It's the same I, guy. I was looking for for Dungal as well, and um, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, you're right. Lilgan was was the one that got the nomination. I don't think they really learned from that. I think they're still gearing towards more what they think a Western audience would would uh, would appreciate, which I'm not sure. You know, if people are thinking, like, what's the best film from India? You want something that represents, you know, Indian cinema or Bollywood yeah. mm-hmm. as truly and authentically as possible. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've talked about along the show is that um, art movies across uh, countries, you can see that there's a certain um, seriousness and uh, artistic style that's very in vogue right now. It's kind of... Uh, realist sort of angry dirty films a lot of the time whereas popular cinema is so dependent on the people themselves and why they mm. are so interested like it, it was it was a big leap for us to understand why certain bollywood tropes and stuff happen but an art movie you can generally pick up on regardless of country because it's made with some sort of like self-serious motives behind it mm-hmm. that's why we find looking at the popular films more interesting because you have to take yourself out of the you know critical oh i'm this i'm this fancy critic person and put yourself in the shoes of just a regular person who just likes going to movies and what do they like at this time Mm -hmm. that's something that we try and put ourselves into their shoes i do want to make a note about lipstick under my burka because i also thought like that would have been a a great choice but i think potentially um the committee and and i i'm speculating here um but the committee that decides what film gets to go i can see them not wanting to put forth a film that has garnered so much controversy 
and draw attention to those issues. That's a pretty yeah, rough I think movie. You're too. probably right on that. Yeah. Have you seen it, Manish? Yeah, I, I saw it, and even I was shocked that it even got funding. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a terrific film, and I really recommend it to people. I think once it hits iTunes um, or any kind of like streaming service, I think I recommend it to people. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's a really bold film. It's currently the most watched thing on Amazon Prime in India. Huh. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's. I think I saw it's like the exclusively streaming to Amazon, so it might even mm-hmm. be here in, the, yeah. in North America as well. Yeah, and in our episode on Newton, where um, we discussed what we saw at the India Film Festival of Alberta, we also discussed lipstick under my burka. So go check that episode out. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it, it. It was a really interesting film, as as was Newton, as was uh, Death in the Gunge. So. Yeah. Uh, um, I would I would have been happy with all any of those three being uh, submitted to Oscar. Yeah, and although a Death in the Gun definitely stretches the um, <laughs> bounds of the best foreign language film category because it's right. like ninety percent in English. Yeah, uh, um, but Matt and I definitely do want to revisit discussing kind of India at the Oscars. So yeah. we'll save that for a future episode. Uh, Manish, again, thank you so much for. Joining us, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and interest in film and the writing that you do online? Sure. So I mainly write for Talk Film Society. I, what I do there is uh, I, I mostly write about Alfred Hitchcock. I have a column, Beginner's Guide to Alfred Hitchcock, where uh, twice, a, twice a month I'll kind of pick a film from Hitchcock's career and just sort of talk about it, both in terms of analysis as well as um, the behind-the-scenes uh, issues that were going on with him. You know, I've talked about his relationship to actors, to producers, to studios, um, as well as his, uh, the influence as he's had over, the, over film since, uh, you know, over the last 50 years or so. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hitchcock is, he's my favorite director, at least, you know, in, from America or from the West. Um, I'm familiar with his work, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to ask, what's your favorite Hitchcock? I'm always fascinated by what people's favorite Hitchcock is. I would say my favorite is probably Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I, yeah. I, I think I, I've seen that film maybe a dozen times. And uh, uh, although I haven't written about it yet, it's because it's such a such a over, um, often discussed film that I feel like anything I say to it is just repeating what I've read from you know other better writers. Well, it's tough to tackle <laughs> those uh, big milestones yeah, a lot of time. Yeah. We, we found that with some of the shows that we've done, like, what can you say about uh, Mughali Azam? What can you yeah, say right. about Shole? So, exactly. Yeah, I understand exactly. What's your favorite uh, Hitchcock, Matt? My favorite Hitchcock is Strangers on a Train. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's even hard to pick one because you say that, and I'm like, yeah, that movie's great. I should make that my favorite. Yeah. But. Mine is Tato of a Doubt uh, because I love Teresa Wright in that film, and I love Joseph Cotton, um, and it's kind of his only film that has a female protagonist. Um, so that one really sticks out to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that was Alfred Hitchcock's favorite film as well. It was, oh, really? yes. Yeah, that's cool. It was Rear Window. Rear Window was my favorite for a really long time, and I think I just kind of have seen it like upwards of thirty times. That yeah. <laughs> but now I have, now I have a different favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also for Talk Film Society, uh, my editors have been very welcoming to me writing about Bollywood more. Uh, mm. So uh, back in May, I wrote like an article that's like the 10 films to watch to introduce yourself to Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I talked about Satyajit Rai a little bit there as well, even though he doesn't, I don't think he considered himself Bollywood, but no. 
Um, and so, I, you know, I talked about like the main classics like Shole, Lagan, Mogalayazam, uh, DDLJ, you know, Hamakahekon, like all the ones that I grew up watching that really introduced me to Bollywood. Um, and I thought would make a good introduction. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I just, you know, I've written about like Master of None, the Aziz Ansari mm-hmm. Netflix show and the big sick I wrote about. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've been pretty, pretty great about letting me kind of write about Bollywood because I don't, I mean, a lot of people here in America at least don't talk about Bollywood, at least not in any sort of, you know, real way. Like in a critical capacity. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that is not, a, that is not a America centric problem too. We have that here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't, okay. you don't see yeah. reviews in papers. You don't see, um, a lot of online criticism. So that's one of the reasons why we started the, sh- the show is that. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, really, really glad that you did. Um, oh, thank you. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I've, I've listened to your show enough to know that you have talked about the Criterion collection, just completely ignoring India as a country. Apart from the set UG, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It, it just seems ba- baffling to me that they don't have Cholet on <laughs> Criterion Collection. They would make it so would much sell money. Out. So, yeah. It would make so much money. Yeah. <laughs> because there's there's no good home release of Shole no. anywhere yeah. in, in the world. Yeah. And and it's like it's sad that like the YouTube video that you can find actually probably as good as any DVD you'll find at the library yeah. or whatever. It's, you know, for one of the masterpieces of cinema that has entertained billions of people, <laughs> you think it would be treated better. Yeah. Yeah. That is one of the hard things when you're trying to introduce someone to Bollywood. And one of the reasons why we tend to focus on contemporary Bollywood is accessibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's really hard to find some of these movies that are, can, we just did an episode on Amitabh Bachchan and a lot of people asked why we didn't talk about Diwar. And it was like, well, we, we couldn't find it. We couldn't find yeah. it legally. And so if we can't watch it legally, we can't recommend it to our listeners because we don't believe in piracy. And also, you know, you have to have some. We also have to find something with decent subtitles, so we ourselves can understand it because we don't right. speak Hindi. Yeah, it's a problem that you know. I wish I had the power to solve and the influence, but you know. Well, it's, it, it's it seems like there's just like an opportunity there for some of these yeah. films to get, uh, you know, good restorations, good subtitles, and then go out there and make buckets of money. But I think yeah. the more that people like us write about them online or talk about them on podcasts. Um, and just kind of, you know, develop an interest, the more that that will hopefully lead to a market interest and we might start, you know, things might yeah. change. I, or at yeah. least that's what I tell myself. Like, I will have the power to get Trolley <laughs> on the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, it might never happen. But I'm just going to keep advocating for it. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about for my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Sanjay Leela Bansali has his new film coming out in December, uh, mm. Bhavati. Yeah. So uh, I've actually, I'm going to be doing like a, a mini series on his film starting oh, from Amoshi 96 through the new film. So that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be doing like one film per week, uh, just like a little essay on it, uh, just to get more interest in, in the new film that will come out. So That's great. Well, he's, uh, yeah. and we're, we're big fans really, of his. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, when that comes out, I'll tweet it out and, Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Sure, yeah. We, yeah. I, think, I think we've seen everything except for his first one, right? Yeah, we haven't seen the first one. We've seen all the other ones. And but they're yeah. all great. He's, yeah, he's, uh, his average is pretty high for making good movies. So, <laughs> And just lush, beautiful, opulent movies. That's, I mean, one of the 
the greatest joys of cinema is just kind of visuals and aesthetics and just mm-hmm. seeing beautiful things with beautiful people on screen. And yeah. Sanjay Lila Bansali, I think, is the master for that. Yeah. I feel like Abhishek Kapoor probably did watch some Bansali films before making Fatour because it definitely tries to replicate that. Mm. But I don't know if it succeeds exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will get to that. Uh, so, Katrina Cave, she is the topic. Um, of this episode. She was born in Hong Kong. She's a British actress, and she has an accent. Yeah, I don't know if you were aware, but (laughs) Katrina Kaif has an accent. Now, Matt and I, as we don't speak Hindi, we don't really notice this, but we understand it's a sticking point for a lot of, you know, fans of Bollywood cinema, especially those who do speak Hindi. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, for the first few years of her career, I mean, that would be all anyone could really talk about, you know, mm. within, you know, my family or my friends or even just like the reviews that I would read from the Indian publications. Uh, and I think a lot of her films would sort of try to pass her off as someone who was born and raised in India and yeah. could speak Hindi fluently and naturally. And they mm. would have um, voiceover act- uh, actresses to dub over her dialogue a lot. Yeah, uh, up until 2009, uh, they dubbed her voice. New York, I believe, is the very first time that you hear her actual voice. In a and film. she's American in New York, isn't she? Um, well, it, it's set in the U.S. I mean, it's set in the U.S., but isn't her character American, too? Is that how they figured, like, oh, well, she could probably pass as American. It's, it's been a while since I watched that one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I thought that uh, Namaste London in 2007 was the first one because mm. in that film, she was, her character was born and raised in England. Um, That's what they usually do, though. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Throw a lovely line. She went to boarding school in England. This explains yeah, everything. Actually, now continue with the movie. I, yeah, I made that note um, while I was watching both the tour and made a brother feed the line that, oh, they have to mention that she grew up in London. And they, they do that in every film she does. Yep. Yeah, they do and it in Jaga Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, the throwaway but, line to explain away Katrina Cape's accent. But I just... I find this whole thing about, like, her being a bad performer um, based kind of solely on this accent to be a little ridiculous because, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger has an accent. Gal Gadot has an accent. Everyone has an accent. Right. And, you know, like, just because some actors, you know, like Kate Winslet is a chameleon and can replicate any accent doesn't mean that every actor is going to have that skill. Um, and that doesn't make them, you know, a bad, a, a bad movie star by any means. And I just feel like so many people are willing to, um, you know, kind of forgive certain aspects of like Salman Khan as a performer, but you know, right. like how he's always playing someone who's ridiculously younger than himself. <laughs> so God forbid, you know, this woman have who who grew up kind of all over the place. Her family, you know, was in Hong Kong and China, Japan, Hawaii, Belgium, and eventually settled in the UK. And so she has a very, you know, kind of interesting accent. Um, You know, God forbid that she, you know, try and make a career for herself where she has to, like, speak. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Speech is pretty important at the talkies, though. Mm -hmm. Gotta admit I think there are a few uh, there are a few kind of factors that kind of go into Katrina Kaif's reputation as an actress in Bollywood. Uh, one is the accent, of course. Um, mm-hmm. The other is that I think 
um, colorism has, mm. has a lot to do with it uh, because she has, you know, very fair skin, obviously, and Western features. And I think for a while people were just sort of suspicious of her mm. and maybe not her as her. I think they projected a lot of issues onto her as sort of being a benefit of uh, receiving the benefit of the sort of um, prejudice towards, you know, mm. fair skinned actresses. And um, I mean, there are other there are, there, I mean, there are a lot of act- actresses who are very fair-skinned, mm-hmm. but um, I think with Katrina Kaif, the other issue was that, you know, when she started out, she wasn't getting these sort of meaty roles that that she's getting now. I think she was getting a lot of roles where she was just a love interest or just, mm-hmm. yep. you know, yep. just there for the songs. And so I think a lot of, you know, critics and uh, viewers could judge her because they're like, well, you know, she's only here because she's, you know, fair-skinned mm-hmm. and yeah. she's pretty and that's it. And she doesn't have much to offer. And it wasn't really until, you know, that the 2000, around 2009, 2010, when she started getting more roles that were suited to her strengths, she started figuring out what her strengths are. And then, um, and then people, I think, started to accept her because now they're like, oh, well, she mm-hmm. can actually act and she actually has a place here. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help that kind of the, industry doesn't seem to believe in her either. So right. I'm, I get really frustrated uh, when I sit down to watch Coffee with Karan, which generally I really enjoy. But every single time that Karan Johar asks during his rapid fire section, asks his guests to rank actresses based on um, talent and then based on looks. It drives me crazy how, A, that he does this, but then B, how everyone, with the exception of Rambir Kapoor and Salman Khan, for obvious reasons, ranks <laughs> Katrina Kaif lowest in regards to talent, but then highest in regards to um, attractiveness. And so it, it just kind of sends this message that she's only valued for how she looks. And I'm sorry, but like a pretty girl is a dime a dozen mm-hmm. um, to actually survive and make a career for yourself in a film industry like Bollywood, you have to be more than a pretty girl, which I think she is. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think, I mean, I think there were a lot of actresses who kind of, you know, debuted and became, were sort of seen as very strong actresses, like you're Anushka Sharma or you are um, Kalki Kulchulin, you know, actresses like that who, you know, kind of came out at the gate as a strong actress. Um, so, and so, and now they're sort of, known and appreciated as, as an act, as actresses with, you know, merit, but someone like Katrina Kaif and, um, you know, other sort of these like pretty girl actresses, uh, they, they really have to fight for the respect mm-hmm. because they don't get it. Yeah. Know? She started from the bottom. She did a ton of like, just <laughs> I'm the hot chick in a movie yeah. and then yeah. worked her way up to getting, you know, top billing. Yeah. So she right. began her modeling career as a teenager she was then first cast in 2003 in the film Boom, which was a huge flop. <laughs> Her first ba- breakthrough came in David Dewan's main PR, Kun Kaya, in 2005. Um, and then in 2007, she had another big breakthrough with Namaste London opposite uh, Akshay Kumar, which is a film that has been recommended to us many times and we would love to see but we haven't been able to find a legal version with subtitles, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we're still looking for it if anyone <laughs> is aware of where it is. You think it would be on Eros now? It's an Eros film, but... I think it was at one point. We just didn't... We weren't looking for it at the time. Yeah. 
Um, she was nominated for Best Actress at the Film Fair Awards twice for New York and your brother, Key Dulhan, and she lost both times to Vidya Balhan. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not say. Um, other notable fluent films include Race, Sing is King, Aj Prem, Key, Gazab, Kahani, Rajniti, Tis Markhan, Zendaginal Malegi Dobara, Ekta Tiger, Jatak Hajan, Doom 3, Bang Bang, Phantom, Barbar Deco, Jaga Jesus, and the upcoming Tigers in High and Thugs of Hindustan, which I think are going to be huge movies, and I am so excited to see. Um, and we talked about many of those movies before. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about uh, Tis Markhan. Uh, we are yeah. on record as loving the race <laughs> films. Uh, Ek the Tiger... I don't know if we talked about it. We've never talked about Ek the Tiger yeah. on the show. But we but have watched it. Is, it. It's, it's awesome. It yeah. is one of our favorites. Jab Hager, yeah, Jab I, Tiger, I love Tiger, that song. Yeah. I'm so excited that there's going to be a sequel, too. And just kind of all the behind-the-scenes stuff we've seen from the sequel, I really feel like Katrina Cape is going to have, like, a lot to do. <laughs> she had a cool character in that movie. So, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of these films... Uh, she's still kind of playing the girl. She's kind of playing the love interest. She hasn't had, like, a movie where I think you can really point to her being um, the lead. She's mm-hmm. always either a co-lead with a man or, again, she's that love interest. I think right. Bang Bang, um, she is probably the lead just because you're following her journey and um, you don't really care what Rithik's up to. But she, she, she does all the heavy lifting with regards to the jokes in that one. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's kind of the biggest point that I would make about Katrina Cape is that she's a wonderful comedian. Yeah. And I think because of the way she looks, Bollywood is always trying to put her into kind of these really bombshelly roles. Well, what she's really good at is kind of like physical comedy. I, I think yeah. she's very much like Bollywood's Marilyn Monroe, this impossibly attractive woman um, who's really kind of like self-aware of kind of... Um, you know, kind of like the the bimbo aspect of that that, that she's asked to play a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, and just like she's willing to to make fun of herself. Um, T. Smart Khan, especially, and yeah. Jagga Jesters, she is continually breaking bones, falling out of buildings, all kinds of physical stuff that is fantastic. Have you seen uh, Jagga Jesters? Uh, yes, I have, um, and I yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to disagree with there. I think that was like what, probably one of her best performances. I mean, she's hysterical, and um, I kind of you know wish the movie were about like her and because mm-hmm. like, um, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Ranbir Kapoor either. I think sometimes he, when left to his own devices, he can overact a lot. Um, oh yeah, he's got kind of a <laughs> mawkish tendency towards. Yeah. oh, I'm I'm just a baby. He's um, also better in comedies than in yeah. dramatic yes. roles. When, oh, when you yes. have to take Ranbir Kapoor seriously, my eyes it's just tough. roll. But when he's yeah. being Barfy, good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a, a big fan of Jaga Jesus, although it's hard for me to recommend it to people because it's, it's, it's kind of a hard movie to get into, I think, if you're not expecting yeah. what it is. You and know, so. the overuse of stock footage. <laughs> my God, by the end of that movie... Just, there's a giraffe over there for some reason, an elephant walking by. Like, we would have been fine with maybe a tree or something. You don't need to just keep cramming animals into this movie. I mean, movie. the movie is long enough. Like, it's yeah. not like they need to pad out the running time. Yeah. It's very confusing. I would love to see a director's cut of that movie that just eliminates a bunch of the, the stock footage that yeah. they might as well still say Pawn 9 on it. 
I don't think that'll ever happen, though, because I think if given the opportunity, he would have stuffed more into Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, that director just loves... It. That's Basu. He just yeah. loves it, making yeah. big-ass movies full of stuff happening. Yeah, he reminds me of kind of like Bollywood's Wan Kar Wai of just, like, never being finished with a movie, and if you gave him the time, he would just keep adding stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, in that movie, she's got to be, like... The teacher kind of in the um, uh, talking to the children at the beginning and then she's the intrepid reporter and so many levels and uh, excellent dancing as well. Yeah. Just uh, I love that movie. Yeah. Our friend Ellen Mott, uh, who we went to go see it with, has made the point that uh, Katrina Cape is the only actress who you give her glasses and she's even more attractive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you see that in Jagged Jesus. She's playing oh, a reporter. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, she gets glasses and she's just somehow even more stunning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the she's all that thing works in reverse. <laughs> Do you have a favorite role, Manish? Um, of Katrina's, I would mm-hmm. say probably made a brother, Kate Dolan, oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. which we're discussing. Um, Iqba Tiger as well. Uh, and I'm a kind of a big fan of Jabba Kejan. I know yeah. it's like, it's not really like the best film, but I think cause it's like Yas Chopra's last movie and he's one of my favorite directors and just mm-hmm. like, it's like the last of its kind. Like we're never going to see a movie like that again. So I kind of appreciate her. I appreciated her in that as well. I think um, about that movie but... all the time. Anytime <laughs> in a Bollywood film where people go to like a Christian church and like just said he was like, well, Sir Jesus, you know, we haven't gotten along in the past, but if you could do me one solid. Matt has never stopped using the expression Sir Jesus, Sir Jesus yeah. since we saw Jab Takai John. And also, doesn't he get hit by two cars in that movie? Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 he it's, does. It's, oh, God, that movie is glorious. I really love that scene where Katrina Cape and Shah Rukh Khan go to, like, an underground dance club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you in get this London, amazing, yeah. like, song sequence, which then transitions into another like long dance sequence it's like 10 or 15 minutes of like just watching katrina cave dance yeah and she's i mean she's She's mesmerizing she's so great you know and and i and again like i I think you know she really she really kind of hits um a lot of those marks that you need to to succeed in bollywood so not only um has she developed into a really charming on-screen performer but she can also dance like nobody's business. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's a frequent um, performer in live shows for a reason. Like, And the woman works very, very hard. If you follow her um, on Instagram, which she, she recently got Instagram, and her Instagram is delightful. But she's showing oh, a lot oh. of kind of how much she works out behind the scenes. And, and it shows on screen. And you just, I mean, I think you have to admire her. Uh, her discipline and her commitment. Mm-hmm. So, Manish, what do you think? So, whenever we talk about uh, Katrina Kaif <laughs> online, like on Twitter or something, there is an army of stands both pro and anti her. And Bollywood Twitter is pretty crazy sometimes, but what is it about her exactly, do you think, gets people's blood up? I mean, I really, I, I wish I had an answer for you, but I really don't know. I mean, I think it's just because you know, of how she started out her career just sort of in these, what I call mannequin roles, where mm-hmm. she's just like there just to be pretty. So it's like, I think people are really, I, I think people are really harsh towards, you know, these actresses who get put in these roles just because they think, well, they're only in that role because they're not, they're not good actors. They're just there because the director wants to show off a pretty girl or something like that without understanding the fact that, well, you know, Bollywood, like many film industries, 
unfortunately is very sexist. And, mm-hmm. you know, even as someone like Katrina Kaif, who needed the time to develop her skills and um, needed the time to develop her skills, like she would get placed in roles just because, you know, she has those, you know, Western features and that, um, you know, her beautiful hair and her eyes and stuff. So it's, um, and her body as well. I mean, I think that it's, it's easy for a lot of people to sort of judge, you know, Bollywood actresses just because of what they're required to do just to make enough money to maybe take on a role like Jaga Jasus, which mm-hmm. wasn't, which probably wasn't going to be a huge hit or, um, it also took a ton of her time too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that movie was shooting for like forever. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you think maybe, um, you know, there's those as sort of cons against her. People, you know, just think she's a pretty face, yada, yada, yada. Do you think that reciprocates with people being very protective afterwards? Mm. And oh, then yeah. people exactly. fighting I over them? I feel protective over So her. do I, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that's I mean, exactly, I... that's exactly how I feel when, you know, whenever, like I said, I watched, I sit down to watch an episode of Coffee with Karan and, you know, time and time again, people put her, you know, last in, in their ranking of, of best actresses. I just, I start to get really, really defensive and really, really protective because I just think, like, this is unfair. So she's, like, it, it, her social media, like, polarity kind of just <laughs> increases as people say mean things about her, say, um, you know, protective things about her, I guess. Like, her celebrity is kind of based on people's opinion on her in a way that, kind of reciprocates over and over again what do you think of that yeah definitely and i mean the thing that i'm afraid of is that people who like don't like her aren't really going to watch jugga justice and be mm-hmm. they're not going to change their opinion of her based on that role you know if anything i feel like they might even just get more annoyed by her just because she is being so like silly and goofy without understanding that like hey it's a character yeah um so yeah i mean i i don't know i mean i wish people would kind of look at you know films like ikta tiger or mm-hmm. Um, you know, even a, a Jeb Frame, he goes up Kahani from a few years ago. Like those films, like I think she's really holding herself well, mm-hmm. and then she's only grown since then. It's but. weird. Does she need a breakout role? <laughs> if she's if, if Thugs of Hindustan is like really dependent on her doing a good job, is that going to be the one? Like, oh yeah, she was actually good the whole time. I think she needs a Piku or a Queen. That's yeah. yeah. She needs queen, something I think like is that. The, yeah. the key here. Yeah, uh, because yeah, yeah, even someone like star. like Gangana uh, Renault. I mean, she also came out. Uh, she debuted with such a strong, striking performance mm-hmm. that she just uh, had that pedigree of being a serious actress. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever she does, I think people will respect her. Whereas Katrina, I think, took her time to get there. Yeah, yeah. so it's not like Gangana uh, Renault isn't doing like kind of money roles sometimes <laughs> too. I mean, she was in Krish three. <laughs> Yeah, she was a chameleon lady. Well, and also yeah. when I look at actresses like Deepika Padukone and Priyanka Chopra, they were also put down um, at first for just being pretty faces, um, and people said that they couldn't act. And now just doing item numbers, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? and now they're two of the biggest actresses in Bollywood, and Priyanka Chopra is taking over the world. So you know, like sometimes people like it's, it's great if you, you, you know, you can show up on the scene and, and you can be amazing right off the bat. But Katrina Cave was never pursuing a career in film. It just kind of landed in her lap. Right. Um, but then she worked very hard at it and took it very seriously. That's very clear. Um, and she has developed into, again, this, this very, this wonderful performer. And I also think she brings something 
unique to Bollywood. There's no one else like her on screen. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone else who could do the character in T-Smart Khan kind of playing that bimbo role, but also playing the audience as well, just with the, the comedy she brings to that one. And, yeah, lots of people tell us that that movie sucks, but they're wrong. Or Act the Tiger. Yeah. You know, I mean, she has excellent chemistry with Salman Khan. Um, but just, like, she brings a lot of depth to that role that I really can't see anyone else doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Dismar Khan is a really big turning point for her because I think She Lucky Giovanni is probably one of the most popular item songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You still hear that at parties and uh, here, at least here in America, like at family weddings and stuff. It always comes on, and that was such an instantly iconic item song for her. So I think at least that she became more popular and appreciated maybe for the wrong reasons unfortunately but yeah. at least that that raised her profile enough so uh, i actually haven't seen Smart khan oh uh, what oh man but, <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not a big fan of Farah khan's film Ooh. but uh <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> no, that's, that's okay fine. yeah but uh, <laughs> i would okay. like considering how much you like katrina kim i would definitely recommend checking yeah, that out actually I've, I've heard that from multiple people that like she actually does a really really strong performance there so i'll, I'll check it out for her it's definitely but. the one that does remind me as well of Marilyn, where like she is kind of a little bit above the material it seems like like she gets the joke yeah and it's subtle though and a surface rating you might not get that she understands exactly what she's doing in that movie. Right. Yeah, it's one of those performances that is so good that people don't realize like that it's a performance. That she's having to try. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. Right. she didn't just wander onto stage one day. Well, speaking of uh, Sheila Kijavani, I was lamenting to Matt earlier uh, that uh, we couldn't use it <laughs> as our interval song because it is one of my favorite Katrina Cape's numbers. But we have another good song for our interval. What are we playing, Matt? Yeah, we are going to be playing uh, Duniki from uh, Mara Brother Key Dulhan. And uh, this is it right now. Enjoy. <laughs> Hey guys, Matt Bowes here from Bollywood is for Lovers. As Biffle is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, sponsored by ATB, I thought I'd remind our listeners of one of the great philanthropic efforts that ATB is providing to Western Canadians, the Man Vans. If you live in Three Hills, Black Diamond, Staveley, or Bassano, why not find the Man Van visiting your town to get checked out for prostate cancer? Don't worry though, it's not a glove test, simply a blood test that'll make sure you have plenty of time to catch Bollywood films like those featuring the lovely Katrina Cave. For more information on ATB, including the Man Vans, check out atb.com slash listen. The Alberta Podcast Network is an initiative to bring together podcasts from our home province of Alberta. Currently, there are 16 podcasts on the network, covering a variety of topics and issues. Katrina Cave is one hell of a hardworking woman. Not only has she honed her craft over the years to become one of Bollywood's top actresses, she promotes a fit and healthy lifestyle. Seriously, go check out her Instagram. She's always at the gym. And the work has paid off. Some other hardworking ladies are the players in the Canadian women's national soccer team. Four Kicks is a podcast that's dedicated to celebrating the Canadian women's national soccer team. Hosts Jessica and Katie keep you up to date on the Canadian women's national team. 
the U-17 and U-20 teams, and the National Women's Soccer Leagues, and any big news in women's soccer. You can find 4Kicks at 4KicksPodcast.com. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and the member podcast, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was uh, Dunkey from uh, Mayor Brother Key Dilhan. And this is how Katrina Kef is uh, introduced in the film. Um, so this is quite the opening number because... <laughs> well, it's not the opening number. It's kind of, I don't know, 15 minutes in? Yeah, there, there's a song about how um, Imran Khan has to find a, a wife for his brother. You know, that old gag of having to find a wife for your brother. <laughs> but... Uh, um, She's introduced as on kind of like a school trip where she has smuggled beer onto the trip, you know, um, a, a one job, Katrina, it brought like four beers. And then um, she's playing in scare quotes, an electric guitar, which is not plugged into anything, <laughs> but it does blow out the windows on a bunch of buses, which was cool. And then she leads this uh, ragtag group of rock enjoyers who go on uh, to, it's the Red Fort, right? That she ends up at, uh, maybe they're going to Delhi, right? Oh. And I think you yeah. can you can see um, you can see the Taj Mahal and that kind of fort thing around mm-hmm. it. I don't know if it's the specifically the Red Fort, but she has this huge concert, gets arrested for having an illegal concert, and <laughs> it's a pretty cool way to start off the movie. She's a very uh, larger than life person in uh, the opening uh, song. Yeah, it's a it. it... It establishes her character up front. As she smokes being, weed too. Yeah, yeah. As being uh, a bit, a bit of a wild girl and a bit of a rebel, and I, I really appreciated that. I think it's a fun song, despite the fact that her electric guitar is not plugged in. This is not just a her problem, though. This is endemic in Bollywood of not plugging in the electric guitars. Uh, almost every time I see one, it's not plugged into anything. But uh, Mayor Brother Ki Dulhan, uh, which translates to My Brother's Bride was directed by uh, Ali Abbas Zafar. Who is a director that we quite like. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on record as being fans of Gunde, uh, which is not a film that is liked by anyone in other fact, than was, Matt and I. In fact, it was oh, the... I enjoyed the film. Oh, good. <laughs> it's yeah. so it's much fun. Yeah. It's, it's camp, but man, is the, that movie delivers. It's so enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, uh, and on IMDb was briefly the uh, least <laughs> liked movie of all time. Uh, he also directed Sultan, which was a huge hit, and he is the director of Tigers in the High, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So, Mir Brother Kidohan stars Katrina Kaif. Imran Khan is my first film watching him in. No, you saw Brick K. Bad. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of movies with him, though. Uh, Ali Zafar and Tara D'Souza. It was Ali a- Zafar, no relation to Ali Abbas Zafar. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, it was a modico- modest, critical, and financial success. So uh, the story of the film is that Imran Khan is um, tasked with finding a wife for his brother who is tired of the London floozies that he's uh, surrounded himself with. And he goes back to India to find a suitable girl and runs into Katrina Kef, who he previously knew as the rocker badass girl uh, from a school trip they took. Um, there was a little bit of chemistry back then, and um, he thinks, oh, she was cool back then. He, she would be a great uh, match for mm-hmm. my uh, brother. Uh, kind of um, falls backwards into this because he sets up a bunch of meetings with other people's families to meet their daughters and doesn't realize that she's looking for a husband in that way. Yeah. And uh, wouldn't you know it, they actually accidentally fall in love with each other <laughs> over this courtship period and have to figure out a way 
that they can get married while not screwing up family honor and also the fact that um, his brother is in love with her as well. Well... He sort of is. Sort of. Yeah. He likes her. Yeah. So, Manish, you were the one that selected this film for us to watch. What do you like about it? Well, I think that Manor Brother Kidohan is probably, I think, my favorite Katrina Kaif performance. Um, and I think maybe even one of her best roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when people, you know, whenever I kind of talk about her as an actress, I'm always like, you got to see Manor Brother Kidohan because it's kind of like, a, a really interesting kind of mix of the fact that it's a role that's rare for any Bollywood actress. I mean, that gets to be so like wild and carefree and, and kind of, and also has like street cred to like back that up. Like she's like wild and carefree and actually like is allowed to like act like that by like drinking and dancing and, you know, smoking weed and just like, just like being funny and, and goofy and crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's also, I think a really, a really cute story um, because it's like a romantic comedy, but also in a way like a heist film because they have mm-hmm. to like pull off this like bride switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really interesting in that way. And I don't know, I think it's just like a really like cute, fun movie. It's like, um, has like really good performances from, I think it's like four lead, lead characters and like the music is really catchy. And, uh, I think that like it did well, but, um, I don't think people really talk about it that much anymore because mm-hmm. it, didn't really like take the you know take the industry by storm. So, but yeah, I mean, I really like Katrina Kaif's performance. It was like one of the first few films where she got to be like really funny and mm-hmm. goofy, and um, you kind of used her like physical comedy skills, and mm-hmm. also like her dramatic you know performance is pretty strong as well. Uh, like she has a few monologues. Like she has a really nice scene. Um, like the next morning when she's like getting harassed by one of the guys on the school trip and she kind of has a scene where she's like, do I need to change my behavior? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's like, I feel suffocated in India because this is so different here than in London, you know, where she grew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obligatory <laughs> reference to outside India. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always like to, I like, I kind of want like a, like a little montage of scenes where she talks about being like growing up in London. It's like yeah. every, every film. Like I need that super cut. If she ever uh-huh. does like a, like a JCVD, like, late period summation of her work, it'll be like, yes, I am from London, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, of the, all of that, though, is, is exactly why I also really loved the film. Like, this is a, this is such a great role for, for Katrina Kaif. Like, she really gets to kind of let loose. And I like how often in the film she's getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a whole kind of um, song sequence uh, where they go and drink bong. Love, it, love a good bong song. Yeah, and it's like at first, like, oh, she's not allowed to drink it. And then at every opportunity behind everyone's back, yeah. she's like sneaking cuts here and yeah, there. Yeah, they're, uh, they're supposed to stay sober so they could pull off this uh, this kind of gag they got planned. But yeah, she's still just pounding back bong in yeah. the background. And, and she's this... like staring it with the other villagers, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other women who are sitting there, she's like sneaking them a cup. It's... It's a, it's just a fun fun movie and um I, yeah I really like her character and it's an unforgettable character I think. Mm-hmm. What is it about Bollywood that is so good at doing like screwball comedy basically? Because that's mm-hmm. what this reminded me of is those classic '30s screwball comedies where not only is it a love story but the the main characters are also engaged in trying to do maybe a little bit underhanded but like trying to get a scheme going. And Hollywood just can't do that to save their lives anymore. But Bollywood pulls it off on the regular. Restriction. 
It's well, totally restricted. It, it is, yeah, the restriction of not being able to show sexual activity in the same respect and a lot of the time, um, or, you know, language. But is there something else about just Bollywood romantic pairings that lead, lends itself better to the, to the screwball archetype? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like what Aaron said about restriction because I think if this were like a Hollywood movie or, you know, like a British film or something, it might have just been a little too easy for, you know, Dimple and Imran Khan's character to just like run off together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they don't really have to worry about, um, oh, I'm sorry, in the film they do have to worry about kind of their, um, you know, what, what their families would say and like the after effects of kind of breaking this, uh, this engagement, uh, which I'm not quite sure if that like sense of like parental honor is really is is really something that like a Hollywood movie would even kind of be concerned with. I mean, maybe I guess, but maybe if you were like super rich, happens. like upper class waspy types people, might, yeah. you might be concerned about what the neighbors think. But right. um, it comes up all the time in Bollywood films that uh, you know familial honor and the two dads in this movie are pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the reasons why. Um, all those classic screwball comedies and those romantic comedies, I think of like Howard Hawks' comedies, mm-hmm. um, they're so successful because they were made um, under the Hays Code, where there was right. restrictions on the things that they could say and show on screen. And so they had to find ways around that, both kind of like interesting visual signifiers, but also really witty dialogue full of double entendre. Mm-hmm. And I think what you see in the contemporary Bollywood romantic comedy, which is so much better, like it's it's an actual like lively genre in a way that it isn't yeah. in Hollywood. Right. Um, but you see kind of how both the cultural... Um, Differences and, and somewhat being more conservative in certain aspects, um, as well as certainly a more conservative film industry in regards to the things that you can and can't show, um, you know, leads to these really bright and engaging romantic comedies. Because here, you know, you feel like love actually matters. And it's notable that the most successful romantic comedy to come out of Hollywood in a long time is about a Pakistani man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True, yeah. And uh, his uh, familial honor is very much at the forefront of the big stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great movie. It is, yeah. Um, and uh, what you were saying earlier about, like, I think the romantic pairings is that um, I think in Hollywood, like, you don't, I mean, it's kind of like a cliche to say there aren't that many movie stars in Hollywood left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's true in a sense that um, I, th- I think in Bollywood, at least, like, these actors still have these, like, big personalities off the screen, and mm-hmm. they kind of create this, you know, like we were talking earlier, like, a lot of passionate responses to people. So when you bring someone like Imran Khan, who at this, I mean, right now his career is kind of slower, but at the time, in 2011, like, he was, it was really picking up, and, um, you know, he was... He was in this film, Janetuya Janana, from, I think, 2009. That was, like, a huge hit. Uh, that was his debut film. Um, and also another romantic comedy. I think that film was about, uh, like, these two best friends who, like, don't know that they're in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And their their group of friends try to get them together. Um, so uh, I think that you have, you can put someone like Katrina Kith with Iman Khan and just just, let their sort of star personas just interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of creates like a, a more screwball effect. That's interesting. Coming to this film at this point, Matt and I have been watching Bollywood films for about the past four years. So this is kind of before um, we started watching them really heavily. 
Uh, I've never really seen anything interesting in Imran Khan. <laughs> um, and I kind of like watch his, his new films begrudgingly because he just, I, I just find him kind of bland. And so it's really fascinating that at the time he was kind of the one who was on the rise um, and Katrina Kaif was still kind of, you know, uh, I, I, finding her yeah. place in the industry. And now she's, you know, I mean, she's huge now. I, I like him in this. Yeah, he, I did too. He's playing a likable everyman and he's good at uh, sort of acrobatic jumping dancing yeah. moves. And he does the good, uh, you got to do the, the fake drunk dance when you're doing the bong dance because yeah. he's not drinking anything. Um, and he, he pulls it off. This is the most I've I've ever liked him. And I did kind of think like, well, part of it is because he's opposite Katrina Kaif. And so some of kind of her sparkling personality kind of rubs off on him. Yeah. Where right. you just kind of, so now I like him a bit more, I guess. I guess we have a similar dynamic in Barely Keep Orphy too. Yeah. Um, where you have a more of a badass girl and a homebody <laughs> guy. But uh, without all the <laughs> increasingly annoying duplicity of uh, Ishman Katkrana in that film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I really liked a lot of the dance sequences in this film, too. Mm-hmm. So there's one at the top that Matt had mentioned where he's talking, singing about having to go find his brother a wife that has, like, uh, all these references to other Bollywood films, including yeah. Dilse, which Matt finally just saw. Yeah, I saw Dilse a couple of months ago. But, yeah, that and uh, Dabang, there's... That, that that's kind of fun filmy references to start off a movie too. Like this isn't like later on some sort of remembrance of movies he'd watched. Like this is oh yeah, we're we're placing this movie right in this canon of uh, Bollywood films. So I thought was a really interesting way to start off the film. Mm-hmm. And l- last week we talked about Mr. Akbar Anthony. Yeah. And later on in the film, there's also a big yeah. Mr. Akbar <laughs> Anthony reference. Yeah, I love that. Um, there's there's definitely a. It reminded me of a little bit of Humpty Sharma Ki Dalhani, like a subtext of uh, here's a bunch of prior Bollywood films and some references to them, which I always appreciate. Well, when you when you get the jokes in these things, you're like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that is really fun. I don't think it takes away from uh, people who are unfamiliar to Bollywood kind of watching these films, but it is like it becomes really exciting for us when we get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we when we start to feel in on it, that's that's fun. Um, yeah, I can see how people would potentially see this as kind of like a minor film, but it's really, like, it's really, really charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question for you, mm-hmm. um, for you both. Did you find that Katrina Kaif was like a manic pixie dream girl in this film? Because I didn't think so. I don't think so, no. Because I, I, I hadn't seen this film since I first saw it a few years ago, so when I was about to watch it, I was like, I mean, is she going to be, like, a total dream girl here because she's this sort of, like, wild, carefree mm-hmm. character? Um, but I didn't think of him as, like, someone that needed to be saved by this woman. I mean, he felt very much like a real character um, in connection to hers as well. Like, it wasn't just, like, she's showing him how to live. But I just wanted to get your opinion on that. No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. you, you, you get the sense that... Uh, they they had a connection on this school trip and they liked each other back then and when they meet each other again like oh yeah we're we're two fully formed personalities who like each other unfortunately you're engaged to my sis uh, to my brother well and yeah. and what Manish was saying is you just you don't get the sense that Imran needs to be saved you don't no, get the sense he seems fine he just yeah, he things... just met the love of his life and he's he wants her but he doesn't need to fix himself well and things are going well for him like he's um, a filmmaker who's had a huge success and I mean. You get the sense that, like, he's pretty stable and established, and he falls in love with this girl, but the girl doesn't, like, 
And yes, she's, she's not, a bit she's, wild. She's not completing him. Yeah, but she's exactly, right. exactly. Okay, whereas, good. We're on the same page there. Yeah. yeah, whereas the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope really is like this wild and carefree girl only exists for yeah. the male ego and to like pull him out of some rut. I think you see this a lot in like movies about tortured artists. <laughs> movies about tortured artists who <laughs> potentially work in metalworks and live in cashmere, possibly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I, I think, I think this is very much, um, a, a kind of a co-lead situation too. Like, I don't feel like Katrina Kaif is playing second fiddle to Imran Khan. And that's also partly because, uh, within the plot, she has so much agency. Like she's very much the one who drives forward the, like, we love each other. We're going to like make this work and we're going to go get married and we're going to like come up with this crazy plot. So much so and... that she drugs him and kidnaps him. <laughs> yeah, that was my, really funny. That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wakes up on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks she killed him too. And I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh God. And she's just like, she's so good in those little moments when she thinks she's killed him. Um, and she's just freaking out. And it's just like, it's, it's such great comedy, and mm-hmm. you know, and you really feel for her, but you also have to laugh at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like it's no fun. one notices that they left. Like when they come <laughs> back, they're like, like everyone like they think they're gonna like come back to this like angry family, but I feel like everyone's pretty chill. They're just like talking. I think that's when they talk about getting married at the Taj Mahal. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about? Like, they were gone for, like, six hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They bought bus tickets. They did all this stuff. Yeah. I do want to ask how everyone felt about uh, Ali Zafar. Um, Because before we watched this, a few people had said to me, like, oh, you're really going to like Ali Zafar, who previously we had seen in uh, Dear Zindagi and kind of hated. (laughs) Yeah, he's a tool in Dear Zindagi. But his character is supposed to be a tool. Yeah. Here, I think he is... Pretty charming and really fun. Yeah, he kind of pulls off like a, you know, blase rich guy who you kind of like even though you shouldn't like. Yeah. Yeah. What What did you think, Manish? Yeah, I actually think it's kind of a tough role because uh, he's not the romantic hero of the movie. Like, he's not the lead. He also has to be the guy who's like, hey, I'm going to get engaged to a girl while I'm also in love with mm-hmm. someone yeah. Um, so it's kind of a tough role, but I think he pulls it off. I mean, he's very charming and funny and kind of a uh, kind of a goofball in a way. Like, he's kind of like an idiot, yeah. um, which I think helps the character a lot because you just kind of feel like he's just like some clueless, you know, loser yeah. who is just trying to figure out what he wants. He has to kind of be the moral center of the movie, too, because you have to be invested in him even though you realize that he's not meant for Katrina Kaif. Yeah, so, like, he has to play a guy who, where you don't want the heroine to end up with him. But he's still, like, a good guy. But he, Exactly. Yeah. And so I, that's one of the things that I actually really enjoy about this film and a lot of, kind of, Bollywood romantic comedies in this space. It's like, there's no real villains. Yeah, you don't right. have Colin Firth showing up and uh, being like, oh, I'm this new T. Rich man who the the girl could marry. Yeah. <laughs> so I, say, like, I think the film does a lot of favors because of having him... Like, having him fall, like, be in love with his ex-girlfriend and mm-hmm. wanting them. Like, you want them to get together, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it was also weird that uh, the movie starts off with uh, smashing a big screen TV, which is exactly how Bevercrae starts off. Yeah. Except they're in uh, Paris instead of London. Yeah, that uh, was yeah. really notable to us. Yeah. As fans of Bevercrae, the only two fans of Bevercrae. <laughs> Oh, I'm one of them. Nice. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. We are kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think we can all agree that we recommend this film, especially if you're interested in seeing kind of more of Katrina Cape's range. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our next film, however, Fatour. Maybe maybe give it a pass. I have to say, I'm a little annoyed at Matt for. So while we were watching Fatour, Matt was getting very bored (laughs) and very just anxious yeah. like you fidgety yeah a little um and i said to matt i was like well you know like manish pick the film so like you know try and be nice and then matt said to me no i picked this movie because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when matt approached me he said so manish has suggested um your brother keith dolhan and namaste namaste london, london or fatour and i said okay i mean i've seen fatour it's not that great but okay we couldn't find Namaste London, so we went with the two others. And it wasn't until, you know, halfway through this film when Matt was groaning and asking if we could, like, stop it and finish it later. I could take a nap. <laughs> that I realized or discovered that Matt had actually picked this film because he thought I liked it. Yeah, my bad, yeah, everybody. Yeah, to me, yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly. I, I think I know why Matt thinks I like it. I like the soundtrack. And so it does have a good soundtrack, yeah. as did yeah. uh, Merrick Brother Kill Dohan. But there, there's some good songs on this. Yeah, and so I have uh, the soundtrack in like my Apple Music, and so it comes up, yeah. you know, when I'm playing music. So I think Matt thought I liked the movie because of the soundtrack, but I don't. And Minish, I'm very sorry. I've been proven <laughs> extremely wrong. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, it was an interesting movie to watch, just like, because I'd never seen it before. So mm-hmm. just watching it sort of in the context of, you know, looking at the film through the lens of her, you know, career as a whole, I found it very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would not recommend it. So. <laughs> no. Again, my apologies to all involved. <laughs> so the title means Passion or Obsession. It was directed by Abhishek Kapoor. It is based on the Charles Dickens novel, Great Expectations. I haven't read Great Expectations. Has anyone read Great Expectations? No. I read a, um, I don't know if they have many more, but they had these little kid versions of books where it would be like each chapter is about three pages long and you'd have pictures. Uh, so I read it in that form, but I've been told that uh, that does not constitute actually reading the novel because <laughs> no. it was like 150 pages long and every three pages <laughs> was a picture. You know, I got the gist of it though. Yeah. I've seen the Gwyneth Paltrow film, so like... I knew the story. Uh, it stars Katrina Kaif, Aditya Roy Kapoor, Tabu, and Aditya Rao Hydri. Um, this film is notable for Katrina Kaif's hair. Yeah, that it's- was the big thing coming out of the movie, right? Like, yeah. everyone's like, well, a redhead now. What? It's dyed bright red, and she kind of uh, appeared um, at cons when she was filming this movie with this bright red hair. And a lot of people took issue to how much it costs to get her hair this red and that she had to go see her hairstylist in London. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff about this hair. We got some hair shaming. Um, as someone who dyes their hair, for those that don't know, my hair is bright purple. Um, it takes a lot of time, a lot of work and a lot of money to do that. Um, and so I really like just, just leave someone alone for like wanting to have their hair properly dyed also, because her hair ha- is black. So also, to- she had to do it for her job. Well, yeah, and her hair is black, so to lighten it to the point and not damage it to the point where then they can dye it this red, 
Like, that takes a lot of time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, like, y- yes, you could do it for for less money, but she's also, like, a big Bollywood star and can, you know, afford to she spend could, the best. Like, to prob- get the best. She's probably not paying for it. It's probably a, a well, significant portion yeah. of the production budget. And that was, that was the issue. It was, like, a significant portion of the of the budget was going to Katrina Cape's hair. But also, if they're asking her to have this red hair then, like, they should be paying for it and also paying for it to be done well. They should have paid to have a better lead actor, though, is the thing. Yeah. yeah. Had they got someone <laughs> other than a Dijeroy Kapoor, then, then then we're talking That's about some good... Yeah. yeah. You, use your funds wisely. Red hair, totally acceptable. I will say the hair looks better in the film than I was expecting it to beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film was a huge critical and financial <laughs> flop, and I think we can all understand why. It is, as I mentioned, an adaptation of Great Expectations, so it follows that basic storyline about a young boy uh, here, where it's set in Kashmir, who, as a child, befriends uh, the daughter of this rich noblewoman, um, and he falls in love with her. Just as, you know, kind of their childhood romance is starting to take off. She is sent away, and he doesn't She's sent to her. London to go get an accent. <laughs> exactly. And then... And he doesn't see her for 15 years. years, Um, She then re-enters his life, and he is madly in love with her. But she is, you know, supposed to get engaged to someone else. And her mother, played by Taboo, this is the Mrs. Havisham role, uh, is a bitch. And just wants to, like, fuck with these children. Uh, Well, they're not children anymore, but, like, fuck with her daughter and this boy in love with her daughter. Because she was, you know, spurned uh, herself a, as a, a young woman. A poor person ruined her life a long time ago, so yeah. why not ruin the life of a poor person now? So, exactly. So, she is set on essentially just, like, destroying her daughter and this young man. Uh, it's set in kind of, like, the high art world. Ditya Roy Kapoor is, like, an up-and-coming artist who has a mysterious benefactor, and he makes a lot of art around the conflict in Kashmir. That being said, this film has very little interest in the conflict in Kashmir. Yeah, it seemed kind of uh, added on at the end. Uh, what did you think, Manish? Um, about that specifically, I kind of forgot that it was a thing <laughs> until <laughs> right. I think he mentioned it at one of his art shows. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is about He Kashmir. also, well, he also yells at a guy too because she's yeah. engaged to marry a Pakistani diplomat, right? Yeah, or the son of a Pakistani diplomat who's going to like... Um, or minister or something yeah. uh, who's going to also go into politics. Um, and, and and there is a scene where you see his sister tragically um, blown, she gets up. blown up. Yeah. Um, and that's really powerful. But again, like, it doesn't want to do anything with that aspect of the it, setting. It's not Hater, which is another adaptation of a classic uh, English work brought to uh, Kashmir. And it does use some of that Kashmiri yeah. tragic history for interesting use. This is just like they live in sort of a conflicty region, but also love affair. Honestly, I think it's used really cheaply to try and give Aditya Roy Kapoor depth. I agree. And unsuccessfully. I, yeah. Because Aditya Roy Kapoor is bland. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just always a really bland alcoholic and really like doesn't deserve Katrina Cave. Also, he's not convincingly an alcoholic in any movie I've ever seen him in. Mm-mm. Well, like no, he's, he's I, pounding I, back. I, he's pounding back drinks at that art show, and yet he could still basically walk and talk. Okay. Yeah. 
All that being said, I do think that the women kind of, like, hold this picture together. Katrina Cave, Tabu, and Aditya Rao Hydri give excellent performances. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I um, I was actually going to say that, like, if I were Katrina Cave's agent, I probably would have told her not to do this film. I, I mean, I think she's great. I mean, she gives a really solid performance, but I just, like, don't see how this movie could have helped her career at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's the lead, but she's not the protagonist, and she's not even the most interesting, like, female character in this film. I mean, I think Dabu obviously overshadows her because she has, well, like, almost 30 years of acting experience, but also just the more interesting, the more meaty, the more, like, iconic character from the story. Um, so I'm kind of like, Katrina Kef again is kind of playing, like, the love interest. Like, she doesn't have much personality mm-hmm. beyond um, just being, you know, the object of desire. Yeah, and it is interesting because she didn't take the Elena de Cruz role in Barfi because it wasn't the stronger uh, female role. Mm-hmm. And so I right. wonder why she would take this one. I mean, it, it's... Maybe inter- it fit into her schedule. It's an interesting role in that this person has been shaped from childhood as, like, a weapon against, uh, you know, the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she does have to kind of play an icy... Um, ice queen type character. Well, and that's what I was going to say is I do think um, she's actually well cast because um, it does play into kind of that ice queen um, aesthetic that she has. Yeah, she can, yeah, she can do that. Yes. And I think, you know, it's an interesting use of her. Um, and she, but she is a supporting player in that story traditionally. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Which is ridiculous. I mean, this entire story is about like how this young man is obsessed with this girl and in every version of it she gets like the shortest end of the stick um long time listeners will realize that i do have a pretty bad memory but like i'm impressed by these characters being able to remember like everything from when they were eight years old and just be obsessed with something that happened 15 years ago when you were literally a child and you could fall in love with somebody (laughs) and this will ruin your life forever because you're ruined at eight like yeah how can anyone remember something that happened when they were eight when aditya roy kapoor kind of like shows her that scarf that he gave her that she gave him as a child and she like instantly remembers it i was just like no way yeah but like this does happen a lot in um you know, classic literary works, like something that happens when you're eight years old will change your life yeah. forever. But I think in Charles Dickens' time, you probably would have died when you were 40. <laughs> so by the time you're eight, you're a significant portion or of you your life is by. Yeah. Yeah. So you do try to remember everything a lot harder than we do now at our decadent living till 80 years old. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. I just take. I, I just find it hard to believe a lot of the time that um, <clears throat> this does happen in Bollywood films fairly often, even ones that aren't based on literary works like uh, Mirzia, for instance. It it does play into something that Aaron talks about, that uh, uh, stories involving children shouldn't be romantic, because you're not, you're not yeah. having great romances when you're eight years old. You might have a crush on somebody, you might be infatuated with them, you might be obsessed with them, but you're also eight and you can't really understand what that means. Yeah, I'm not, like, a big fan of those, like, cards that have, like, children kissing on them um that are always like in spot color with like the roses are red but everything else is in black and white or just like yeah movies about a great love affair you had when you were eight then the girl leaves and then you come back and you're still obsessed with her this is a this is a format that comes up a lot in Hollywood films actually well and her other her other 2016 release barbara deco also opens with like this montage 
of how these two people have just like been inseparable since they were children. Um, it doesn't have as much of the, like, I became obsessed with you as a child. It feels a bit more like a friendship that developed into a romance. Um, but I mean, that's something, I think that's something that you see in a lot of love stories because, um, people want to perpetuate this idea of like the one true pairing and of like your true love or destiny or whatever. I think it also is a kind of a cheap way to raise the stakes in a romance and to like create a chemistry that isn't there Mm -hmm. because um, when you like, when you start off as kids, then it's like, I think like kids are inherently compelling, you know, when they're in these sort of difficult situations. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to then be like, well, you know, he's been in love with her for, you know, 15, 20 years and that's automatically high stakes romance. Now we should care about their love Mm -hmm. story because, you know, it's been, you know, 20 years in the making. But I don't know. 15 15 of which she wasn't even present for. Well, and and I actually, I really like the moments when she makes the point to um, the Pip character who here is named Noor. uh, you, You don't know me. You haven't seen me for 15 years. You don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I really, like, I really like those moments. But then she just, again, because the story dictates it, she she gives in to him. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I don't know, the film really frustrated me because there's moments when, like, she's really rebelling against this idea that she's going to become a man's possession um, and how she's being manipulated. But then she just goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and in the end, yes, she's the one that makes the final kind of um, uh, push for, you know, choosing love and choosing the life that she wants. And also not, changing the end of the novel, yeah. by the way. Um, and not the one that she is kind of supposed to have or that she was groomed for. But you just never really feel like she's given the agency that I think she needs in order for this film to, in this day and age... To kind of, like, have any resonance. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fault with the source material, though. But they didn't... You could, you could they, change that. Well, yeah, they didn't feel the need to change it. Yeah, and I think that's a problem in this day and age. Yes, like, I agree, it's a problem. But it also comes when doing an adaptation of Dickens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you can point to in Fator is the visual aesthetic is mm. very striking. Um what did you think of that, Manish? I mean, I thought it looked beautiful at times, but also a little, like, I felt like I, after a while, the visual language kind of got a little oppressive. Yes. It just oh, felt sure. very cold and blue. And um, I thought the scenes in New Delhi were, at least they had some, like, color and, mm. you know, something more exciting going on and different characters who are more engaging. Like, I liked um, the uh, his, like, friend that he makes and his, like, uh, dorm or the hostel yeah uh who i think if i'm not mistaken he's clearly coded as gay okay good because i was just going to make that point because i thought that he and the white guy were lovers but they they couldn't say that openly but there's a level of intimacy there that i mean Mm -hmm. not it felt very different from like a normal friendship so yeah i thought that i thought he was very coded Mm-hmm. Which um, I appreciate I that we have yeah. like a gay character and they don't make anything out of it. I mean, he's a minor character, but still, like they don't kind of like make a big deal out of it. He's not right. comic relief like you'd find in a some yeah, kind exactly. of yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought towards the end of the film, I was like, well, okay, I'm, it's, it's not, the visuals I thought were pretty, but not very interesting after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it definitely is saying we are very visually focused in this film. <laughs> notice all the colors and sets. Please notice the colors and sets because the actor that we're putting in there is not really doing anything to draw your eye. No. Matt made the point he was looking up the letterbox reviews for the film. Uh, and many people were commenting how beautiful the snow was. Yeah. And as Canadians, we just find snow, like, oppressive and sad and yeah. cold. <laughs> to all of our listeners in India and Pakistan, it, you know, snow seems nice, you know. It, it's one of the reasons you'd go to Kashmir to see snow, but snow sucks. Uh, living in snow is garbage. Um, it's just sky garbage. You, you, you get tired of it. Um, it. It looks nice on Christmas morning, and that's it. Uh, I would be happy if it never snowed ever again in my entire life. It snowed the other day, Matt. Moving on. <laughs> it did. It's It snowed in Edmonton, like, last week, so... Yeah, it sucked. It, yeah. it was not romantic in the slightest. It was just like, oh, there's just a bunch of slush everywhere now. It's gross. <laughs> it's, it's only September, and it's already snowing. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't imagine. Oh, it's... It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. We can't even blame climate change, because... I remember it snowing in August once, so... Yeah. 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 But yeah, snow... I mean, it, it's a very easy visual signifier. Like, it, it can represent death. It can represent kind of purity. It can represent all this stuff. Um, but yeah, in real life, it's shitty. Yeah, you get the sense, that, like, that they thought they were making, like, a really great movie. They thought they were making a Sanjay Lila Bansala film. Yeah, exactly. But, like, they're not. Like, I... Abhishek Kapoor does not have the depth that Sanjay Leela Bansali has. Like, he's clearly aiming for it, but, and again, so I think it's interesting that we also have this other literary adaptation, Hater. Oh, no, that's Vishwal Bardwa. But yeah, but Hater is using um, Kashmir both as subtext and text. Like, it talks about uh, people getting disappeared uh, by the government over the years, and it talks about the conflict, and it uses that to... Uh, working, you know, Shakespearean themes of different countries fighting each other and people just, you know, disappearing for a while. Um, it, it used that very effectively, whereas this, um, it mostly serves as the basis of his art, but then also isn't commented on enough for it to be an important part of the film. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like an afterthought. Yeah, and I think when, when Bardwa and Bansali take classic literature... They they adapt it in a way that feels, at least to us as outsiders, um, as kind of making larger statements about both kind of Indian culture, but also Indian film. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't see that. It, to me, this was just like pulling the story, putting it in an interesting location, casting beautiful people, but just not like giving it any spark, giving it any life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Bansali and Bardwaj adaptations, like, I was asking about Ramila, uh, mm-hmm. which is based off Roman Juliet, and mm-hmm. I think that film felt politically relevant, mm-hmm. you know, had realized statements about gun violence and, uh, um, so, and a lot of that, you know, women's place in, in the culture and, um, how they could sort of rise and take power. Um, but, and same with, um, Bardwaj, you know, Omkara felt mm-hmm. very much about the Indian political corruption and, and mm-hmm. had, had a lot of themes like that. It might be uh, my favorite uh, adaptation of Othello I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Omkara as well. I think if you're going to adapt classic literature, 
um, and especially do like a cross-cultural adaptation, you have to add something to it, especially something about that culture. And here, again, like it just feels like Dickens grafted onto Bollywood in a really uninteresting way. Yeah, I was going to say that the door felt very superficial. Mm-hmm. Like, as if, like, I'm sure Kapoor hadn't even read the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, did he write this script? I don't remember if he did, but... Uh, I can look it up. I don't remember either. Because uh, it kind of felt like he just received the script and directed it and had no familiarity or admiration for the novel. Not that I read it either, but it just felt very a surface level. Well, and it's weird how throughout the film, they're always quoting A Tale of Two Cities. Yeah. <laughs> so presumably like, Charles Dickens exists in this world, and yet they do not realize that they they're don't trapped in his classic that. story. He, he did co-write the script. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what interest he had in this story. Um, if any. Yeah. I I haven't seen Rock On, which I know is kind of his big success. Those are very popular, yeah. Um, I have, however, seen Rock On 2, and I, I, which he wrote. He didn't direct, but I, I didn't get Rock On 2. Uh, Rock On is, 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 that's a really good film. And okay. I was actually thinking, maybe Katrina Kent just wanted to work with him after that film, mm-hmm. and he made a film about cricket, I believe, Kai Poche. Yeah, I'd I, like to see that one. That was also very well received. So I'm thinking, I mean, this could just be a fluke for him. I don't know. but uh, Just a project that, while it had a lot going for it. On paper, you know, adaptation of Charles Dickens, check. Interesting location, check. Interesting visual style, check. Using um, contemporary art world to represent, like, becoming a gentleman, becoming rich, like uh, Pip does in the novel. Interesting. That was a great idea. Great actresses. Great actresses, check. Having an actor, check. <laughs> but it doesn't really amount to anything else, uh, unfortunately, yeah. even though it has a lot of, uh, you know, good things on paper. Yeah. Well, I think we've exhausted everything that we can say about Fatour. I mean, I could probably say a few more mean things about a Ditcher Roy Kapoor, but <laughs> I don't know if I can... <laughs> Take me a second. Um, a movie that we don't recommend. However, uh, I do like the soundtrack, and I would look up the um, music video... For Pashmina? Yeah, that they put out... Um, that was criticized for being a like ripoff of Ed Sheeran, whatever, uh, which features Aditya Roy Kapoor and Katrina Kaif and her kind of like dancing around him. It's really beautiful. Again, like she is stunning and watching her dance um, is like one of, you know, it's a great joy. Yeah, she barely even dances in this movie, too. I know. You've got one of the best act, uh, best <laughs> dancers in the entire industry, and she mainly just like walks into art showings yeah. late. And then looks at yeah, that's so for. And I was really, yeah, she should have showed up on time. Come on. And I was really disappointed when I first saw this film because I kept waiting for that song <clears throat> sequence, and it's not in the movie, so it was only put out for promotional purposes. But it's worth it's worth watching. I think we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so Manish, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really really good discussion. So good. Really happy. Uh, where can people find you and your writing on the internet? Plug, plug yourself. Yeah, uh, so I'm on Twitter at the Manish89. That's uh, T H E M A N I S H eight nine. Uh, you can find a lot of my writing there. I, I tweet out my articles a lot. Um, I also write for Talk Film Society. I catch my Hitchcock column and just look out in the next couple of weeks for my uh, Sanjay Lula Bansali miniseries. Uh, yeah, and then um, I'm going to tweet out my article about the like introduction to Indian cinema again. So if anyone wants to read that, you can catch it on my timeline. 
Perfect. Yeah, it was a good summation of some uh, big milestones you can watch and, yeah. uh, you know, if anything, get a lot of the jokes in other movies, basically. Right, because, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bollywood is continually referring back to old films. One of the things I love about it the most, honestly. Yeah. We will be back in two weeks uh, with an episode on David Dewan and the Jed West series. This so is, yeah. <laughs> Ace and Bernie, a fellow podcaster, is going to come on to tell us why we should like David Dewan, because we haven't seen any films of his that we have liked, and Jadwa 2 is coming out, so we're going to revisit Salman Khan's Jadwa and discuss the new Jadwa 2, which who knows how it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Okay. You can find us on Twitter, at BollywoodPod. You can find us on Tumblr, BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook, just look up BollywoodIsForLovers. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-I-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Um, we're a member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB, and we're also being featured on gradio.ca now, a streaming service. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review and star rating on iTunes. It really helps uh, new people find the show and grows our listening family. Uh, while you're over on iTunes, you can also check out my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. We just put out an episode on Shakespeare in Love and the producers. Yeah, backstage comedies. So, exactly. Um, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks with uh, some talk about uh, David Dewan films. Uh, thank and you twins. For, and twins, yeah. Double roles. Thank you very much for coming on the show, uh, Manish. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Great.